Welcome back to Brain Body Movement, the podcast for those interested in everything nutrition, training, and mindset. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Brock. Today's episode was a Q&A where we answered four questions that got sent to us through social media. Question number one, is two to three workouts a week enough to build muscle, or is that only enough to maintain? Question number two, I've hit a plateau with my deadlift. What are your favorite accessory exercises to help me progress? Question number three, when is it acceptable to utilize wraps for deadlifts? And question number four, how do I avoid unwanted weight gain over the holiday period? That was in the back half of the show. And in the front half, we spoke about the benefits of curiosity, the new Cybertruck versus Bush, and gave you a couple of random facts. All right, enjoy the show. When a child asks an endless string of why questions, the smartest reply is, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm torn on this one. I like the, what do you think? But if mm. you know the answer, I don't like the saying, I don't know. <laughs> why do you, why do you, why just, do you say that? Uh, because if you do know, then you're essentially lying to them and saying, I don't know. Okay. So if you if you do know, I just like the preface of like, oh, what do you reckon? Or why do you think that is? Rather than the, I don't know. Mm. Now, if you don't know, then that's where you can open the discussion and be like, I don't know. Why do you think? Yep. I get that. Does that make sense? It does make sense. You don't want to be lying, lying to them, yeah? No, I mean, little white lies, like that, you know, adults say to children to keep them in line or fairy tale stuff. Is, hey, uh, mate, to- Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, <laughs> I've got a whole heap of trust issues caused from mum, so I don't need to <laughs> say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, what do you think? Like, how, how do you think that would work is also another really good one as well. Because it kind of gets them thinking, like what what they think is actually going on. Because I think a lot of sometimes it's is like, um, or oh, because I said so and stuff like that is like a is one I hear a lot. Oh, yes, because very I said so. yeah, and and you know, you're like because I'm the adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like because that's the way it always is. I think that's some dangerous words. That is like that's the way it's always been. Like, you know, we've never had wheels on our suitcases. That's just the way it's always been until like ages. There until... was wheels on suitcases. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and then it was just two wheels, and then we we're like, "Hey, we can probably push these if we put four wheels on them." Yeah, who would have thought of that? Yeah, I know. There's, there's so many things that like that's just always been the way the way it's been, and then it changes. So, like, uh, I'm pretty sure when you did your PT course. You'd have the same thing of like uh, when you bench press, you don't break ninety degree angle and you don't come down and bring the body to your chest. You just go to a ninety degree angle at the elbow joint and then you press back up. Same with the squat, you just get to a ninety degree angle or parallel with the floor and then come yep. back up. Now, the reason they do this in all the like your PT certifications is because not everyone has the mobility to go full range of motion. So rather than teach full range of motion they'll just go okay let's play it safe here let's not risk injury in case someone doesn't have that full range of motion let's just teach to 90 degrees most people can do that it's fairly safe so we'll teach that whereas the safest way to train is through the fullest range of motion that you have available to you your fullest range of motion that you have strength yeah. and stability because strength and stability is really key because you could be like hyper flexible like a gymnast not a gymnast like a um, I don't know Pilates chick or dude, whatever they do, 
and then put them in a deep squat with like hundred kilos on their back. I don't I don't see them coming up anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> they hurt themselves a lot, couldn't they? Yeah. But yeah, just because something's always been a certain way doesn't mean it can't be done a different way. I mean, that's what trailblazers do in certain industries. They change things. Like uh online coaching really picked up during the pandemic. I mean, it was around before the pandemic, but I mean online coaching wasn't really a thing. I mean, personal training hasn't even been around for that long. Like if you think about it. No. <laughs> I mean Podcasting? Oh, you just listen to the radio. Oh, now now I go to an app and I listen to specific podcasts on specific topics. Okay, people really want to listen to other people just have conversations and speak. Well, yeah, that's essentially what they do on radio. Yeah, but they just speak in between songs on radio. It would have been this whole paradigm shifting moment of moving into podcasts. Now I can see podcasts becoming the the main form of of media consumed. Whether that be like people like like watching podcasts now, so like through YouTube or even the the video element on Spotify. So that's a whole rebrand of something different compared to radio. Radio is dying in the ass, in my opinion. Same with your, your regular TV. I mean, Netflix has now come along and there's Stan and there's Amazon and there's Disney Plus and there's... Binge, all the sorts. Countless. Yeah. Yeah, it's because there's no ads, mate. Yeah, yeah, but you you pay for that service, right? Yeah, yeah, like the premium Spotify, premium YouTube, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, you're you're paying, so you're not getting the ads. But I I think it's um, I haven't I haven't watched normal TV in ages, and I I honestly can't think of the last time I've I've watched it. Maybe during the pandemic. From from I reckon I I reckon I can tell you when it'd be sporting events. So. AFL, I believe, is only on the grand final. Is only on Channel Seven. Yeah, fair yeah. cool. Yep. Yeah, and the NRL grand final is only on Channel Nine, and State of Origin is only on Channel Nine. So that's the only time that I'm watching actual TV, and it's for a sporting mm. event. Otherwise, KO. normal TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. K- KO or uh, Netflix or learning something on YouTube or mm. yeah, I'd much rather be selective on what I choose, not just gonna be like what's on, what's going on, and yeah. Good thing about podcasts as well is like you can do stuff while you're listening to it as well. So it makes mm-hmm. you feel hyper efficient. So you could be you know doing the dishes, you could be going for a walk, you could be driving, you could be at work. Even when I used to <laughs> do plumbing and that, I just have be the training. In. Yeah, train. I I always listen to podcasts when I train. Um, it's it's very rare that I do listen to music unless. So usually I have like Fridays is my music day. So like each Friday, I just like pump on some beats and just like get into the groove. Feels really good because that's what I used to do when I um was like plumbing and that kind of like separated. Even though I had to work Saturday, and even though I still work Saturday, I still like yeah pumping the music on the Friday. It's just something about Fridays, and sometimes it was like R and B Fridays. Just yeah, get, yeah, <laughs> it was like it was good fun. But I, I do like this unsolicited advice because it it gets you. Th- like thinking outside the box as well, especially because like what could you be asking yourself like endless string of why questions because you probably know um, some questions that you're asking other people. So say like someone asks you a question, you could also like ask them. It doesn't always have to be a kid. (laughs) You could also like ask them, Mm -hmm. what do you think? Like that's why I try and do with, 
with my clients as well, instead of feeding them the answer, even though I know the answer, instead of feeding it to it, I'll try and lead them down a track of like trying to get to them themselves because usually they'll stick by that decision because they've come up with it themselves, even though I kind of like let them down the own track. Whereas it's like, there are obviously outliers that will be like, yes, just give me the thing and I'll do it. But most people would be like, I'll do it because I came up with it as in like them. And that's the majority and, of people. Yeah. And, and that's why I try and leave. And it's really hard sometimes because you're like, I know what you need to do right now. It's just like, what do you, what do you think? And then like, I literally do say that. I was like, what do you think? Um, and then they're like, they'll give me a few options. And sometimes there are even options that I wouldn't have even thought of, which is even better for me because then I've got even more tools in my tool belt that I can help other people that are in similar situations, uh, which is great. Because then instead of me saying, oh, just do this. And then they're like, all right, no worries. And then we move on. And then I haven't learned anything. And they've just kind of, they haven't even thought about it themselves either. Whereas they could have like unlocked something different, which is, I think is the beauty of coaching as well, because not only they're um, improving, but also I'm improving as a coach, which then helps improve other people. And then if they go on to success, then they can teach those um, skills to other people as well. And it's kind of like this broad reaching out of all these people that um, we can help really. Yeah, that's a great aspect of coaching. Being able to uh, cast a net over a wide area of people and it could be just through a proxy of someone mentioning someone to a friend and then that friend implementing that and noticing some benefit and being like, oh, going back to that friend and being like, yeah, yeah I told, told you and then bang, they speak to another friend. Yeah, It's just, yeah. Compared that's, that's, and But that's how things used to get around back in the day, right? Used to be, Oh, do this. So <laughs> here's an analogy. <laughs> so you know the um like Nintendo sixty four, how you used to have like a cartridge yeah. and you used to like push the cartridge in. Yep. Blowing in the bottom of it when it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And opening the thing and blowing any dust out. Yep. And then putting the cartridge back in and then all of a sudden it works. Yeah. Now there was no there was no instructions on a Nintendo sixty four to say that or a Sega or whatever it was. There was no instructions. But it was universally known <laughs> that that's what mm. you had to do, and that was just through word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, majority majority of my face to face business. In fact, I would say more than ninety percent of my face to face in person sessions in gym are all word of mouth, or have all come um, by proxy of um, someone referring, or like in in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the the others have come from just watching me on the gym floor, but that's that's the that seems to be the best form of marketing because it's just authentic. It's just someone just saying, "Hey, I came about this. It, it just this added this to my life, or this added this to my life." So I'm not necessarily talking about my coaching or in person training or anything like that. It just if you get a referral from a friend that you hold in high standard, you're gonna take that on board a lot more than. 80 reviews on TripAdvisor or something like that. Like if, if it's if it's someone close to you, oh, okay, they said this. I think highly of them. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. It's a hot lead. Like it's mm, a hot a, lead. Very, hot lead. Very hot lead. Not a warm lead. It's a hot lead <laughs> because it's, yeah, it's coming from someone that they know. Like even if you don't even know them, it's like, 
it's just like, yeah, just go. Like <laughs> you would probably trust someone like, like a cousin that's like, that, you know, or, um, something to like look after your kids than an actual like pref- preferred nanny, like that has all these. Or a babysitter. Know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Babysitter or yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's very important referrals. So, so, so the other aspect I like about this unsolicited advice, right, is what do you think? Now, it's it says in reference to children. Now, majority of the conversations children have are with other children, teachers, and parents. Now, from the parental aspect, again, talking from position of don't have children, so children of parents, harder, though, <laughs> yeah, yeah, harder for me to comment. But I do have a fair few younger brothers. Now, if you were to say this, what do you reckon? It then creates a dialect between you and your child. And you can get learn to understand the way your child thinks more and you can have a better relationship with your child because, oh, they think this way about this topic. Oh, that's an interesting way of thinking. I wonder where they've got that from. I wonder who influenced that decision. And you get a better understanding of your child's life. That's just how I feel anyway as a as a child of a parent. Yeah. Yeah. You, children children are amazing. Like children are so amazing with the way that they think sometimes and you just like, and you got to be, I guess you got to be very careful when you say certain things about them, like not about them, but like things to them that may go over their head a little bit. Like I remember I said to um, my niece, like this was maybe when she was like, hmm three or four <laughs> she was very young and um the moon was out and i said oh there's been men on the moon and then she went straight to my sister and she's like people live on the moon like this I'm like, no, <laughs> I know, that's not what i said i'm like okay i've got to structure a little bit differently next time i speak to him but it's, it's really good like speaking to children like that and yeah i think their their brains are just they're they're very curious and I think um, being curious is like a superpower these days as well. Like I love learning new things as well. And Chris then, Williamson quote that. What is? What, what is? Curiosity is a superpower. That's a Chris yeah. Williamson quote. Yeah. Really? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Chris Williamson. Yeah. Um, but it's true. Yeah, I think so because um, if you're not curious then you're not learning and I think a lot of our scientists out there are quite curious. Um, and I think without curiosity, I think the world would be a lot more stagnant than it is. Like if we were, I don't know if maybe if we were like cavemen and we weren't curious, we would just stay in the cave kind of like, oh, what's that? I brought it up before. It's like this. Okay. All right, here I, here I found it. So it's the allegory of the cave. So Plato describes a group of people who have lived chained to the walls of a cave all their lives, facing a blank wall. The people watch shadows projected on the wall from objects passing in front of the fire behind them and give names to all these shadows. The shadows are prisoners. Reality, but are not accurate representations of the real world. So the shadows represent the fragment of reality that we can normally perceive through our scenes, our senses, while the objects under the sun represent the true forms of the objects that we can only perceive through reasons. So basically all they see are shadows when really out there, it's just actual people. So they're thinking, so that one guy escapes 
he's like oh there's all these people out there like this isn't the real world kind of thing and it's just like no 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 this is the real world we see it we we know all these shadows and like kind of thing it's like no no you, you're missing out you're missing out so it's, i guess some people are just stuck in their in their cave and not wanting to go out and curiosity and explore the, the actual world that's out there mm-hmm. now to to double back where i chimed in earlier with the uh chris williamson quote it was uh curiosity is the superpower for success and he mentioned this on the um i believe it was the nick bear podcast where he was saying that he's just been curious about learning on different subjects like he's he's curious about true masculinity is he's been curious about the relationship dynamic between men and women he's been curious about improving his health and biomarkers he's been curious about training etc 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 and because he's curious on all of those factors that's what's made him become the second biggest podcast in the world i think that's pretty much fair to say now he's probably the second yeah i'd say so he's probably the second biggest podcast in the world behind rogan he's really really blowing up so he's gone from like one mil to one point six mil in the past one to two months on YouTube. And that's on that's on YouTube. That's not Spotify download. So he's really, really taking off. Um and he's just it's the same as Joe, right? Joe's got this crazy successful podcast. And as he says, he goes, I just want to have conversations with people. I just want to talk to people and 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 learn things and I'm curious about it. And and I think to bring it back more to a health and fitness level, right? If you want to see success in like a, a body composition change or just living a healthy lifestyle, then be curious about eating a food and being like, how did that make me feel? How did that make me perform? So I'm going to bring this to me. I do two runs at the moment. So I've got a long distance run on a Saturday and then I've got a short speed of run on a Wednesday. Now, the Saturday one is morning. It's fasted. I uh, have a a routine in place that seems to be working pretty well. The Wednesday afternoon, I've been really struggling because it's it's an afternoon. So I've got a full morning of clients. So I've got seven, eight sessions in at the gym. I've got three meals in before then, and I'm feeling I'm a bit heavy in my stomach beforehand. So for the last four Wednesday afternoon runs, I've had four different meals just to see what feels best because the first time I had like a – um a beef mince and rice. That was it. Just plain beef mince, rice. It's pretty staple, digests really well with me. And that was repeating on me while I was running. And I was like, no, thank you. I do not want that feeling while I'm running. Second second week, I tried just chicken and rice. Exact same thing. So I was like, okay, I'll try something different. And I went to like a, a homemade poke bowl. Again, same thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm taking the rice out. I was going to say it's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm taking the rice out because I was thinking it was the it was the protein source. Mm. So I took the rice out, and this week I went to oats, egg whites, and banana. Now those foods separately, <laughs> I blended them and made pancakes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now that sat really well with me. Now had I not been curious about what was making my gut upset and what was upsetting my stomach and figuring out what was uh, best to fuel my performance and had I not been curious about that, I wouldn't have got to the successful point of being like, yep, I found a food that it it sits well with me to be able to run and perform well of an afternoon. Now I'll I'll double up again this week and I'll try it again this week and see how I feel. But that's that's what I mean with like that that curiosity aspect. 
So Joe and Chris, they're curious about things in the podcast world and they just want to have interesting conversations. They've got this massive platform to have interesting conversations now, which are all benefiting them, right? Like they're having conversations that they want to have because they're curious and it's just growing this massive platform. Now, like I said, for the individual, if you get health and fitness, find what digests well with you. Uh, if you can't stand eating a whole heap of fruit and vegetables because it makes you bloated and gassy, then probably don't go vegan and be curious about what foods do digest well with you. Now, if you think that uh, CrossFit is terrible and you can't stand it, join the club, <laughs> then find a method of training that you actually like and enjoy and be curious about finding what works well for your body. Some people like running. Some people like riding a bike. Some people like swimming. Some people like lifting weights. Some people like yoga. Just find a way of moving your body and be curious about finding what feels right for you and your body. That that curiosity is a superpower mm. is such a is such a great quote. Mm. So the the other the other thing you mentioned was um curiosity, uh sleep and something else are the biggest performance enhancers. We mention sleep all the time. I mean, yeah, just preaching to the crowd there. But yeah, curiosity and wanting to learn things and figure out things for yourself. And I mean, that's great. So yeah, because well done, Brad. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yeah, it's it is. I guess yeah, it is a superpower, and it like you know my old quote of forever learning. It's pretty well the same thing, but it's you know most of your life, right? Apart from like, say, if you black out when you're drunk, right? But you, you have the most information on your body, on the way you feel. Like you can, you can tell people stuff and they can observe you. So you might have some blind spots here and there, but like for the most part, you know what's going on with your body. So it's, it's, it's good to just like, even just write down what you're having and then how you're feeling. Like I've got um, a spreadsheet for, for my clients of like um, like their mood, stress levels, all, all this kind of stuff, like how they're feeling, digestion and that. And they can score themselves like out of five. And then we can like go through the week and go, all right, you were stressed here. You didn't sleep well here. This is why this is doing this and that and that. And then we can kind of see it out in the open um, because obviously the more data points, the better. And if we don't have those data points, we don't know what's going on. And then we're just like shooting in the dark. So it's also really good to, to find out like what's actually been going on. Cause you're like, Oh, why did I feel tired this day? Like, why did I overeat here? Was it because of this, this and that? And that's why I do like tracking a lot of stuff. Um, But it could be as simple as just getting a diary and just going, I had this feel, I had this food made me feel like shit. Or I didn't sleep well last night. It made me overeat this day, blah, blah, blah. And then like, and like you said, like I had all this rice and I didn't feel good when I went for a run. Like <laughs> simple as that. Like, Maybe it's the rice. <laughs> like you've gone three meals with rice. I'm like, yeah, it's probably the rice. So see how you go this it week. It turns out it was the rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But I'll, um, I'll run again this week and see, see if it definitely was the rice. But you can only, you can only manage manage what you measure is essentially what you're saying. Yeah, like- for for the most part, I mean there there is a there there are still there are certain things that you that you can't measure, 
I don't know. I'm not going to go down that road. I don't know enough. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, I've just been coming off a of sickness, so my brain's not all, all there. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you something that I found hilarious for us to talk about. Good. So the Cybertruck has been released since we last uh, did a podcast. Mm. Now, have you seen the drag race that was done with the Cybertruck? No, I haven't. You haven't? Okay. So a little bit of – he hasn't marketed Tesla at all, right? He's put zero marketing into it, which is phenomenal for it to be the the massive brand that it is considering zero marketing. There was a video released of a Cybertruck towing a Porsche 911 in a drag race with a Porsche 911, and the Cybertruck was beating the Porsche 911 in the drag race. Oh, my God. What is it going to go to? Like, Is it like under two seconds? Is that what it was? Or is that something different? Like zero no to 100? I know saying something to Tesla's were going crazy fast but i saw um his interview with elon um like joe rogan and elon and he yep. shot he shot an arrow an arrow <laughs> that was gold uh so it goes from zero to 60 miles in 2.6 seconds while maintaining high stability that's crazy so what's what's that that's like is that 100k 60 yeah yeah 60 miles yeah, yeah. 100k's yeah that's crazy. In two point six in two point six seconds, and it's a one ton vehicle. I was gonna say, what? It's only it's, one ton, really? Oh, it could be. It could be more than that. I was gonna say one ton uh, is not very, very heavy, especially for a truck. Six thousand seven hundred pounds. Yeah, it's like three ton. More than four tons. So for a vehicle that weighs more than four tons to go from zero to hundred k or sixty miles in two point six seconds, it's pretty rapid. Hey. Oh yeah. And the thing's bulletproof. I mean, it dinted the arrow with when Rogan shot the arrow at it. I mean, the the glass. He said the glass isn't bulletproof. He goes, but because you wouldn't be able to wind windows up and down no. if it were bulletproof. Yeah, you'd have to um, keep them fixed. Yeah, he goes, it'd be kind of shit being in a drive through and having to open your Cybertruck door to get yeah. <laughs> to get food in. Oh my god, I love that Elon's thought of that. There was another thing I wanted to speak about. And that was the invisibility cloak. Now, have you seen this? Um, have I? I so, so you've you've obviously seen Harry Potter, right? Of course. Yeah. So you know the invisibility cloak. Yes. There's been one invented in China. Oh, how good! Is it used like cameras <laughs> and stuff, or no? It's an actual bit of fabric, and it's something to do with the way, like the the light reflects off it, or something. That yeah. So it's, cool. an, it's it's an invisibility cloak. Oh wow, pretty wild, hey! I want. So I, I I I saw a video of it and I was like, wow, like that person actually just disappears. Mm. Now, if you were to have a vis- invisibility cloak, what would be your main use for it? How how would you would you try and get into the conversations that you want to listen to? Would you would you use it to scare your partner? Would you? <laughs> Oh, definitely like, scared, scared of this. <laughs> sure. Uh, like, but what what would be your main use for an invis- invisibility cloak? I don't know. I mean, it's pretty wild that one's been invented, right? Like, mm. where is technology going? Mm. 
Wow. I feel like the world's just getting faster and faster and faster with everything that's Oh yeah. AI is definitely helping helping with that. Yeah. I don't know. What 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 would I do? I wouldn't really like do anything too illegal. Really. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything too illegal. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think I think uh, it'd be kind of cool to put your invisibility cloak on and drive. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Can you imagine some of the looks from people? Yeah, but people people would probably be like, oh, that's probably one of those autonomous vehicles. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, the thing is, is can you see through your invisibility cloak? That's the next question I have. Like, yeah. what, what is your what is your visuals like from underneath? Surely you got to be able to see, right? Well, who knows? That'd be... Kind of like that uh, mirrored glass, you know how you can see out of a certain yeah, glass, yeah, yeah. but you can't see because it's a mirror. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Inside. All right, uh, let's get stuck into some facts before we go into some questions. All right. So, the shortest war in history lasted between Britain and Zanzibar on August twenty seventh, eighteen ninety six. Lasting only thirty-eight minutes. <laughs> uh, that's the kind of length of wars that I'm about. Yeah, like resolve your conflict, handshake, move on. Yep, she's having a bad day. Obviously, were they? What was the war over? Was it was triggered by a succession dispute in Zanzibar after the death of the Sultan. Britain supported one Clement while another declared himself Sultan. Tensions escalated, leading to the brief conflict. Brief. 38-minute brief. Very, very brief. Yeah. Just should have had a meeting. Meeting, hey. Hey, how, yeah. how do we resolve this? Surely there wasn't a battle in that war. 38 minutes. <laughs> We're at war. <laughs> 38, 38 minutes later, ceasefire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If I was to ask you the question, which country has the world's largest herd of camels, what would your answer be? Australia. It is. Bang on. Well done. <laughs> uh, so it's estimated to be about 3 million camels in Australia. If you were to tell me that, I'd be like, wow, that's pretty wild. Um, and Australia has the largest population of feral camels and the only herd of dromedary camels, which is one-humped camels, uh, that live in the wild. I would... I would not have guessed that. And shout out to Frosty. He actually uh, said this a while ago and it just stuck in my mind. And I was thinking, oh, I've got to have an animal fact for the podcast. I was like, oh, Frosty said that one about camels. And I was pretty blown away by Australia having the largest wild herd of camels in the world. Like mm -hmm. I was thinking like, 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 like Somalia or somewhere like that. Like Egypt or something. Yeah. Yeah, surely. No, sure. Australia. No. Australia. Yep. I'm all about anyway. those animal facts, mate. <laughs> uh, enough enough rambling from us let's get stuck into some questions let's do it hey we hope you're enjoying the show so far just before we get to the questions the only way we grow this podcast and help more people is if you share this podcast so if you're a fan of the show and got any value from us whatsoever we'd truly appreciate it if you would share it with your family and friends so they may also get something out of it too thanks again for listening we hope you enjoyed the rest of this episode Question number one, is two to three workouts a week enough to build muscle or is that only enough to maintain? So two to three workouts a week really depends on where your base is. So for someone like me, having two to three workouts could 
be maintenance or it could also be building muscle because it doesn't particularly matter too much on how many times you train. It's how much volume you're getting done in those training sessions. Um, obviously, the more advanced you get, the more um, days it would be easier for you to spread out your volume um, to probably build more muscle. Um, but you can definitely build muscle. Like if you're a beginner, two, three workouts is plenty. Um, so go go for it. Intermediate, that's where you can be like, all right, how how many how many sets are you doing each workout? Um, you could do like, yeah, three full body. You could do upper, lower, full body. You could do, I wouldn't, you could go upper, lower, upper, lower, but then you, that's four. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, but you could do upper, lower, upper, and then the next week, then, lower, upper, lower. You yeah. could. Yeah, you could. Yeah. And, and, and your block would probably be, um, a, a two week, two week microcycle instead of a three week, uh, instead of a one week, which is totally fine. So, yeah, it, I think you got to really structure the, workouts properly to to build muscle in those two to three but you can definitely do it um but the question should really be asked like um how much sets or how much volume can i get done in those in those certain days because you could go to the gym and faff about and not build any muscle whatsoever um so you need to be doing the right things in the workouts to build the muscle um but you can also maintain it yeah it depends who we're talking to I mean, I, I hate giving that answer. It depends. But I mean, so many times when it comes to health and fitness, it really just does depend. Like, who's the avatar here? Is it is it someone that's uh, new to the gym? If you're new to the gym, two to three workouts is definitely plenty to build muscle. Um, but if you're someone like us, two to three is probably more likely just to maintain. You're probably not going to make tremendous gains doing that. So it really depends your training history, how long you've been training, um, how much volume you can get done within each of those two to three workouts. Like are they two to three workouts that are two hours long? Because you can get a fair bit of volume into those. Um, yeah, you get into junk volume though. Yeah, That's then the your, inten- your intensity really tails off towards the end. So <clears throat> key drivers for building muscle, total volume, mechanical tension, essentially enough um, training with enough intensity and then calories. Making sure you get enough enough fuel in, they're they're the they're the big three. So you want to see your volume going up over time, like what you just mentioned, progressive overload. You want to be training hard enough and applying enough mechanical tension on the muscle, and you want to be fueling the muscle to build and develop. Yeah, yeah, it's one part. The workout is just one part. There's a whole plethora of things that you need to do to build muscle. So you could be going to the gym and then not sleeping at all and not eating and you won't build muscle. So And you could be flogging yourself <laughs> in the gym. If you're not sleeping and not eating enough, you're not gonna build muscle. You you gotta you gotta set yourself up for success. <laughs> it's just the basics the basics, right? With everything, with losing fat, with building muscle, with just maintaining seven to nine hours sleep, <laughs> high quality food choices training stimulus i mean they're the main three right done consistently over a long yeah. period of time relentlessly consistently <laughs> or ruthlessly i like the word ruthlessly consistently ruthlessly. so ruthless can get toothless <laughs> okay question number two i've hit a plateau with my deadlift 
what are your favorite accessory exercises to help me progress? Mm. So I guess it depends what they mean by plateau and where they're plateauing. Like, obviously, that's probably weight, but it could be like where in the lift are you actually failing? So if you're failing, like, at the bottom of the lift, you could do, um, say, some deficit deadlifts, which is just like getting a platform and just raising yourself up. So you're going into a deeper stretch at the bottom to lift up work on that you could work on um rack pulls which is at the upper portion of the the lift so from like your roughly around knee height and above you can load up some more weight there um you could do some rdls um you could do some like if your grip's giving out you could go um some farmer carries um or some like just hanging um could be like maybe your lats are just like breaking off something you do some like back works as like pull-ups or lap pull-downs things like that um even um some single leg stuff might help so like some rdls like single leg rdls or b-stance rdls could really improve like your hamstrings might be giving out too so in- increasing your hamstring strength um and even your glutes too might be giving out so maybe even um maybe even some hip thrust might help potentially um so, or even just trialing out um, a different style of deadlift. So like you might be doing, say, a conventional or a sumo. You could go to like a trap bar deadlift and, and get some strength up in there. Um, so that there are a few things that I would use um, to try and increase your, your deadlift. Again, you still need to be doing the deadlift and you could be doing them like um, different rep ranges as well, just so you're getting the movement pattern because you might be, at a certain point, but then your form's breaking down and you you might be shifting a certain way. So like making sure your form's on point because sometimes the weight can feel a lot easier if you're actually lifting the weight properly. Like just the way that the mechanics of the lift is, like depending on how far forward your shoulders are rolled, how deep you've put your hips down can really make a difference in how hard the weight feels. Like that just like certain ways that your body is where your back is like aligned can just really shoot up your um, your deadlift a lot easier than if you were, I don't know, back a bit and kind of squatting it up instead of like pulling it up. Yeah, so I'll rattle off a few and then I'll explain why behind each. Uh, but for me, it'd be deficit deadlifts, a paused deadlift, yeah, pause. a power deadlift, a hip thrust, and then some unilateral work of some sort, like a single leg RDL. Uh, can even throw a Bulgarian in there if you really wanted to. That's more nah. quad-based though. No, no, because the, the the drive up from the bottom, if you're holding the weight in your hand, you're still holding weight in your hands and driving up. I no, know you don't like Bulgarians. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, as for, as for why, so a deficit deadlift will help with uh, you're pulling power from the floor. So you'll have momentum at the point where you would normally be pulling from the floor because you're pulling from a deficit. Uh, pause will help with that sticking point. So a lot of people can get up from the floor and then their bar gets to about halfway up their shins, maybe a bit higher, and then they really struggle to get up from there. That's personally me. Um, a power deadlift, so cut your weight in half and just focus on moving the bar as fast as possible. Now, this isn't going to be taxing on your central nervous system. You're just doing three or four reps, moving the bar as quickly as possible. 
and that will train that explosive power from the floor for you. And then the reason I really like a hip thrust is because it teaches you that lockout movement. So when I'm cueing a deadlift, I cue it as leg press the floor away. So you're holding the bar, chest up, poke your nipples through your shirt, your leg press the floor away. And then once the bar gets to about knee height, you're then driving your hips through similar to a hip thrust. So if, you, if you're if you failing the deadlift at the top portion of the, the lift, then a hip thrust can really, really help. So I personally dislike the hip thrust. It's a pain in the ass to set up. I don't like the movement. It feels uncomfortable. I don't not understand uh, women's fascination with it other than growing a dump truck. So for me, the only time that I really am hip thrusting is when I'm trying to improve my deadlift and really bring up my deadlift. And that's the reason why it's that lockout strength at the, at the top, say 35% of the, of the deadlift. Mm. So they're, they're the main four. And then you could throw in some single leg work if you like, like you mentioned, like uh, a single leg RDL or something like that. But yeah, yeah they're the, they're the big ones for me. Could also use bands if you really wanted to. Um, but I think, I think one that, people sleep on they don't really think about is uh just doing more of the deadlift and working in different rep ranges like you may have hit a plateau strength wise with your with your nrm go and do some 10 reps of it and hypertrophy the the movement and then come back down in your rep ranges and see um it could be a case if you're not eating enough if you're not eating enough then they could that could be a reason why you plateaued you're maybe not sleeping enough that could be another reason why you plateaued so look at all the areas of your life if, if the other areas of your life are you are, are taken uh, account for then this is where you can play around with do a, a block of deficit do a block of pause um, maybe in your cycle you, like you mentioned the trap bar you can do your trap bar heavy so like a three to five rep range with your trap bar because it's higher from the floor um, you should be able to lift a bit more weight there and just feel the weight in your hands and then on your other day because that's a heavy day you can go and do like some explosive work so let's say you're, you're struggling around the 200 kilogram mark for your deadlift. Reduce it back to 100 and just move that bar as fast as possible off the floor and train that explosive power so you can just grip and rip. Grip and rip. Grip like and that. rip. Grip and rip. That's yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, they, they said accessory exercise, but like again, with a plateau, yeah, it could be multiple other factors mm -hmm. as well. And you might be deadlifting early, early in the morning. So maybe even try afternoon where you might be a little bit stronger. <laughs> stronger. <laughs> okay. Question number three. When is it acceptable to utilize wraps for deadlifts? When your grip straps, when your grip straps, <laughs> when your grip gives out. That's literally it. it. There's no ifs or buts or maybe it's like your grip is gone. You want to lift more in the deadlift. Use a wrap. There's not, there's no harm in it. Mate. You're good. You're sweet. You can obviously increase your grip strength afterwards, um, but like, don't let the grip be your limiting factor for your deadlift. This is a funny one because people get, I don't, I don't know why they get funny about using wrist straps. I'm like, oh, you didn't actually do the lift. Mm. In my opinion, when it comes to like rip strap, uh, wrist straps, like an RDL, for example, if you're using rip straps, you don't have a weak grip. You've got weak hamstrings if you're holding onto the bar with your grip. Like your hamstring should probably be stronger than your grip strength, in my opinion. So yeah, utilize them when you can no longer hold onto the bar with your with your hands. And that way you should be able to overload your hamstrings more. 
Yeah. What makes you think that like your grip is going to be so strong it's going to lift more than your fucking hamstrings? Your hamstrings, yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like- if 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 you if your grip is the same as your hamstring strength, then using straps is null and void because your grips are strong. But in my opinion, you don't have a strong grip. You've got weak hamstrings. Like work on your hamstring strength. Strap on. Strap on. <laughs> Say strap in or strap on. Strap on. <laughs> yeah. It and that and like obviously there's um they got that fucking hook grip and stuff where the Olympic painful yeah where it's like have you done um, it I've tried it it's not oh, fun. Mate, painful you have so to do it for a thumb, long period of time to be able to do that yeah thumb kind of goes in and it kind of like locks itself in when you're with the bar you could use some chalk as well um but then yeah that still gets a bit how you going and the thing is as well some most gyms. The bars, they're not actual deadlift bars. They're they're meant for benching, so they don't have as much flex in them. So if you add a gym, sometimes um there'll be like specific bars used for deadlifting. And you'd be surprised like how different they feel. So that's just mm-hmm. another thing to note. Like, because those deadlift bars are a lot, yeah, a lot more flexible. The same, I think was this they use the squat as well. Um, just got a lot more flex, whereas the, the actual bench one is a lot more stable. You don't want as much flex in them. Yeah, the te- Texas deadlift bar has got a, a fair bit of flex in it. Mm. But yeah, don't let your grip be a limiting factor for your, your RDL. I mean, you can, but... It's no shame in I it. I mean, no, nah, not at all, which which I think there is a little bit of that. Like people are like, oh, what are you using wraps for? Mm. I, I don't know. It's the same as like a belt or lifting shoes or the tools to help you, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, I'd, I don't use my straps for all sets it's when i can no longer hold the weight for the <laughs> amount of reps that i want to do or just a, yeah. achieving a, a higher rep range where my grip gives out that's when i'll use my straps say my warm-up like let's say i'm gonna try and pull 220 kilos that day i'll do 60 kilos strap free 100 kilos strap free 140 strap free 160 strap free then when i go to 180 that's when i'll Put my straps on because that's where I know where my form will change because my grip will start to slowly give out and yep. I don't want my form to change so that I just put my straps on and then I, I pull there and yeah it's just I don't know I wouldn't become reliant on them for things like doing pull-ups and lap pull-downs and seated rows and things like that but my grip doesn't give out on those it's no. literally just deadlifts and RDLs yeah and the thing is like yeah people are so funny about it like it's a tool and we use tools. We use fucking weights to build muscle. Like what yeah. are you what are you on about, man? Like just use the tool for what it's made for and it's <laughs> to help you increase your strength in the deadlifts or whatever. Like just fucking use it. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. Who cares what other people think? Like let's let's finish on that note for that one. Well said, Brad. <laughs> Question number four. How do I avoid unwanted weight gain over the holiday period? Just don't eat anything. Okay. Well, that's, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you. So much. Nah. If, avoid unwanted weight gain over the holiday period. Is there ever wanted weight gain? I suppose there is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. The, the thing is, like, you know what you've got coming up. So you've kind of got to be like, you've got to, 
if you don't want to like gain weight, you've got like a few options to go down. Like you got to kind of plan ahead of, all right, I've got this Christmas thing here. I've got this dinner. I've got this lunch and you kind of structure it out and you can like put it over the, like the two or three weeks that you're going to be on holidays or whatever it is. I don't know how long people have off, but you've got what Christmas, maybe boxing day. Cause you've got the food after Christmas. It's probably new year's. Um, and then the day after new year's there's at least four days. And then you've got that little period in between where no one really knows what the fuck's going on. Those are the, the week it is. Yeah. That, that, those are the days where you can eat proper. So like, that is those are the days and then the days right before going back to work so those are the days that i would look at more than the actual days of the actual holiday itself because those are the days where you want to enjoy the food with your family you don't want to worry about like what you're eating too much like we've done holiday specials before that you can go back and listen to i feel like we need to do another one just for the people out there um and it's a time of having food that other people have made, not just like shit that you can get every day, like mm-hmm. you know your chips and dips. It's like, going to go down. Yeah, it's like mum makes these wicked pastries that I don't know when she came up with it, but it's literally just like pastry with like um, custard. It's kind of like a vanilla slice, and fuck me, man, I just devour them. So I was just like, all right, just give us only a few, <laughs> or else we'll eat them all. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, I'll take them all. Yeah, you've had them, eh? So yeah, good. they are good. <laughs> and they're so, so simple. Um, so things like that. Um, and it's like enjoying it with friends and family. And then the days that you're not actually doing anything, that's when you can be like on point and go, all right, look, I know I'm going to be overeating on those days. These are the days that I can like dial it in and just not have that shit and just go all whole foods and still exercise and that. Like it's up to you if you want to exercise on holidays. I personally like doing it. Um but that's just me. I like doing it on the weekends. That's also like me. I don't know why people don't like exercising on the weekends, but anyways, each to their own. But yeah, you just got to plan ahead and go, all right, so these are the days I'm going to be eating that little bit extra. You can go on the other other days. I'm just going to have all whole foods, exercise, make sure I get my steps on, do all the things. And then I'm not going to have excess weight gain. It's when you start going, all right, I've got Christmas and I've got Boxing Day and like those other days in between up to leading it's just, you just do with that fucking mentality like, oh, I'm on holidays I don't give a fuck you sit down watch all the all the movies and you don't move you overeat extra all the extra stuff that's in the fridge and then you just don't care and you're like oh it's alright I'll start next year and then next year comes along you're hungover from the weekend you're like alright I'll start next week I don't know next when week. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, and then it blows out two weeks and you're like, fuck, it's going to take me at least another month just to get back to where I was when I first started. So you've got a few options. You can either, you know, diet down a little bit before the holidays to cancel out some of those excess calories that you're going to eat or you just fucking enjoy yourself on the days that you are going to be celebrating with people and don't be an asshole when you're not fucking celebrating with anyone. You're just sitting there doing nothing. Like, but I get, I get that there are things that you will do around the Christmas time. Like me and the missus love doing just like random shit, like building, I don't know, Kit Kat gingerbread houses or whatever it is. 
just <laughs> ra- random, random shit that we do. <laughs> and I got to account for that. <laughs> I got to account for that. You know? So I get that. And, you know, the other days that you're not doing that, eat nicely. Like, that's way how you will avoid the, the weight gain. And the alcohol is going to be a big one too. So alcohol is going to be a huge one. So, yep. you know, we've done a whole... Have we done alcohol? We haven't done an alcohol one either. We'll have to do a, one on alcohol soon too. Um, but just, yeah, make sure they're like low-calorie mixes, low-calorie alcohol. Um, and then, yeah, keep it accountable with how much you're actually drinking. Yeah, so I've got a bit of a spiel here. So prior preparation... Plan ahead, stay active, don't eat like an asshole and avoid snacking, and don't sweat the small stuff. So prior preparation, do some work before the Christmas period, maybe place yourself in a deficit, lose some weight beforehand, so then you know you're going to be overeating on the Christmas weekend period, you can have more calories, and it's just putting you back at what your normal body weight would be. Plan ahead, like you mentioned, go, okay, I'm going to be doing this family lunch, blah, 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 and go, okay. I'm just gonna I'm gonna write off Christmas Day and, and Boxing Day and then New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, again a bit of a write-off. I'm not gonna track, not gonna worry about calories, but what can I do in between? What can I do afterwards? Plan ahead. Stay active. Just because it's the silly season isn't an excuse to just lay on your ass and do nothing. Don't eat like an asshole. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, I like the advice of Eat the foods that you don't normally get at Christmas. Shout out to my mum. She does a fantastic job. Rum balls, apricot balls, truffles, Christmas ice cream. She goes all out Christmas time. So you best believe I'm going to be devouring those foods because I know they only come around once a year and I'm going to eat my body weight in those foods come Christmas day. <laughs> um, avoid snacking. I think that's a fairly simple one. Um, try and eat complete meals and then have your Christmas treats with that meal and then avoid just snacking on them, sitting on the couch, watching movies throughout the day. And then don't sweat the small stuff. The whole point of Christmas and getting around together as a family is to enjoy Christmas and each other's company and create memories and conversation. So don't sweat about your weight too much. You can correct that and the time in between Christmas and New Year's and then afterwards as well. So that'd be my my advice. Prior preparation, do some work beforehand. Plan ahead, look at where your Christmas events are and then plan accordingly. Don't eat like an asshole. <laughs> Just fairly simple advice. But that's not to say don't enjoy Christmas foods. Enjoy them, but just try and avoid constantly eating them and try and minimize the amount of days that you consume them in a row. Stay active. I mean, it's just because it's Christmas is an excuse to just lay on your ass and do nothing. And don't sweat the small stuff. The whole purpose is to enjoy Christmas with family and friends. Definitely. And I I heard of this study that over the Christmas period, people that weighed themselves didn't gain as much weight as people that didn't weigh themselves. Mm, I that think would it was, check out? Yeah, it's like four or five times as much. So that could be also another trip if you are okay with looking at the scales over the Christmas period, like going up to it. This will get released six days before Christmas. So if you are listening to it now on the day that it's released, then yeah, you've got six days to, or you've probably got like five, five and a half days to, you know, get yourself in, in shape for, for the Monday Christmas. Um, 
Well, that's the planning ahead. You've got five days. If you were to remove 200 calories from your diet over those five days, you've got a spare thousand calories bang right there. That's the that's the prior preparation that I was talking yeah, about. That's that, that's that little chocolate that you have after dinner or whatever it is. Easy done. And um, But yeah, if you weigh in yourself all the way up to Christmas and then throughout Christmas, it just it gives you a little bit of a um, reminder of like, oh yeah, I've definitely ate a lot um, yesterday. Maybe I'll just tighten it up today. And then you just, yeah. If you're aware of where your weight's at as well, it'll just be in the back of your mind of making mm-hmm. better choices throughout the day as well, especially on the days too. Like we're not saying don't have the shit, obviously have the shit, but it's like, oh, I don't need that second plate of whatever it is. It's like, I'm actually fucking stuffed right now because I know how tempting it can be because you just, like, I just want all the food. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, time to enjoy. Yeah, see, for me, I am doing a two-week cut leading into Christmas. So that's the prior preparation I'm talking about. Now, I know that on Christmas Day, I'm going to indulge in the foods that I don't get throughout the regular time of the year. And I'm not worried about calories. So I'll be going for seconds if I want to. I'll be going for thirds, fourths if I want to. Uh, I'm not worried about my weight on that day. I'm worried about spending time with family, enjoying that time with family, and enjoying the food that I don't really get to eat any other time of the year then boxing day bang straight back on track i'll train put those extra calories my mindset is let's put those calories that i consumed on christmas to use on the next morning so on boxing day i always get up and i train faster and put those calories to use because i know i've got a surplus of calories in my system nine times out of ten it's a great session Mm, awesome awesome pump extra calories in the system and then i just fall back into routine up until new year's and then we go again there we go (laughs) Yeah, well, that was my plan going up until Christmas was going into like a little deficit. But I don't know if you can hear, but I am have been sick <laughs> last last few weeks. Just hit me, hit me pretty hard. So I don't think I'll go into a deficit at all, and I'll just be like eating to live, basically. So I, I just don't want to get sick again. So no, yeah. yeah. Everything else seems important until you get sick and then you realize there was only one thing that was truly important and that's your health. Yep. And it's like, that's <laughs> I just want one thing to happen and that's just get better. And yeah. But, oh well, you get that on the big jobs, don't you? Certainly do. Anyway, that's it from us. Now, if you want your questions answered in the future, make sure you are following us at brain.body.movement, at Brad Dapper and at Brock underscore Douglish. You can ask us a question whenever we put up a sticker box or just send us a DM. Now, we just want to say thank you so much for listening to us. If you enjoyed or took any value at all from this episode, we would really appreciate it if you took a screenshot and shared to your Instagram stories. We would also love if you shared it with family and friends and left us a five-star review. Also, don't forget to turn on post notifications so you don't miss an episode in the future. But before we go, we can leave you with a few things. Make your damn bed, get your steps in, and be kind to one another. Cheers. When a child asks an endless string of why questions, the smartest reply is, shut the fuck up. I <laughs> know uh, that's not what it's meant to be because you already sent through what... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Okay. I just thought I'd chuck <laughs> that in there. Fuck. <laughs>